seated if you can. <laughs> I had uh, been thinking about this message. I'm going to preach today for two weeks, so I was kind of waiting on when I thought, uh, well, not when I thought, when the Lord wanted it preached. And uh, so that today's the day, so I believe there's a person or two. You know, some kind, God loves you enough that he will give a message just for you. Everybody else may say, well, I don't know, we didn't get much out of it today or whatever. Well, maybe it wasn't for you. Everything can be for you, but God loves everyone enough that he will have a message designed for one person or two people, three, whatever it may be. Everybody can be blessed. Um, but the message today is, you know, in uh, 22 years here um, in this church, I found out that a lot of people's problems, um, you can leave them off, Bill, if you want to. That's okay. A lot of people's problem uh, is their yesterday. Well, I've got two people that think it might pertain to them. But I entitled this message, I would entitle it, Today is the Day that I left my yesterday. Today is the day that I leave my yesterday. Just a couple little things about our yesterday, and we'll get over into Job here in just a minute. You can't bring back your yesterday. You can only dwell upon it. We want to blame today's problems on bad decisions made yesterday. We're holding on to things that need to be let go of. Your worry is not going to help other people's bad problems. See, a lot of times people are worrying about other people bad decisions and bad problems that they made. You can't worry your kids out of problems. It'll never work. You can worry and worry and worry. It, they, they've made their own decisions. Now, I, I, my, my children have made decisions that I wanted them to be different. But I tell you what I've done. Instead of worrying and fretting over it a long time ago, especially when, when I got saved, I turned it over to God. I turned them over to God. I found out that you can sleep better at night when you let God handle the situation. I've been through some worrisome nights, and it didn't do no good. I got up just as fretful as when I went to bed. Now, I'm, this is for a lot. This is for every one of you today. Yesterdays, your yesterdays, don't define you. They refine you. Refine. Psalm sixty-six, ten says, "For you, O God, have tested us, and you have refined us as silver is refined." See, sometimes we'll go through the fire, and it refines you. It's like silver. How is silver made? I, I, I collect coins. 
I collect silver coins. And I can tell you that every silver coin I got is 99.99% pure silver. Well, how did it get there? They had to put it in the fire. God will refine you going through a fire. He'll bring you out pure as silver. But while we're in that fight, we don't like it. We don't like to be refined because refined gets the stuff off of you. It gets the garbage off of you. But he, he, he takes us through the fire to refine us, to get us ready for what? Future battles. Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't know where you believe it or not. Just because you got saved don't mean you're not going to have problems. <clears throat> Just because you got saved don't mean you're not going to have a battle. You know, people say, well, you know, we come out here and we get saved and everything's going to be hunkery-dory. No, it's not. You're going to have just as many problems after you got saved as you was before you got saved. The only thing about it is you've got a helper that will help you through the problem. Can somebody help me this morning? I said when you go through the fire now, after you got saved, you've got somebody that can help you through it. A whole lot better to have a helper than have somebody condemning you, right? But we're going to get, get, get ready for the battle, and we're going to let go of our yesterday. You know, I've had um, came up. Uh, you know, I was talking to the guy the other day, talking about uh, stories or writing a book or stories. Them, I, I told this guy the other day, everybody's got a story. Every one of you sitting here this morning has got a story that somebody needs to read that they can get something out of it. Everybody's got got something that God. I I I, I thank God when God touched me and brought me out. But I still got yesterdays that you have to deal with sometime. But I found I just let them go. First of all, there's nothing you can do about your yesterday. Friday afternoon on the way home from work, you always caught some of you caught in that afternoon traffic. That guy you cussed out that that that, that cut you off. Ain't nothing you can do about that. You got to let it go. Ask for forgiveness and let it go. Ain't no need dwelling on it. And, oh, God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. You know, God's done forgot about it. You need to let it go. You need to ask for forgiveness and let it go. Now, over in Job, we see an interesting passage of Scripture here this morning about Job. And I'm going to read the first three verses here, so I want to to show you what Job had. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and up, upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were... Now, I want you to remember these numbers. His possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest in all the people of the earth. Then there was a day came um, that in verse 6, 
The Bible says the day came when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan was with them. And the Lord said to Satan, verse 7, where did you come from? Satan answered and said, from going to and forth from the earth, walking to and forth on it. Why was he doing that? To see who he could work on. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered? Now here is how much God believed in Job. Because when Satan came to, to, the, to the Lord, the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Then Satan comes, and I'm not going to go through all that, but he has a discourse with the Lord. And he's talking about, he says, I can get, I can get Job where he'll curse you. And so here's what the Lord says. He said, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I've got so much confidence in Job, I'm going to turn him over to you, and you do what you want to do. So, Job moves along, and then he gets a bad report. They come to Job, and they come and tell Job, Job, the Chaldeans have come. They took all of your animals. They killed all of your family. You have nothing left. Now, I want you to understand that God said this is one of the most upright men and a very prosperous man. And suddenly they were talking about, they're telling Job, is a wind came and suddenly it, it, it knocked everything down. Took knocked all your barns down. And the Chaldeans come and took all your animals and all your family is dead. What was Job's response? It's not like ours. Verse 20, then Job arose, tore his robe and shaved his head. Well, I'm halfway there. And he fell to the ground and worshiped God. When the bad news come, when, when trouble come, and Job lost everything that he had, the Bible said that he fell to the ground and worshiped God. In verse 22, he said, In all this Job did not sin or charge God with no wrong. So here is Job when he's got all of his problems and he's lost everything. What did he do? He kept the right attitude and still worshiped God. See, so many times I've seen it in this church here and, and, and churches everywhere. When people start having a little problem, they get away from God. The first response, I see it right here, happened in this church here in the last six to seven months. When people start having trouble, rather than come to God, rather than come to God and repent and ask God to help them, they run from God. And what happens, a lot of those folks never get back in because they get out there and the devil takes and tears up their families and, and their homes and everything. When we have problems, our first response should be to God. 
to worship God. And we see that Job did that. Now, in verse um, um, uh, 22, he said, He did not sin or charge God with anything. Now, in Job chapter 2, verse 5, Satan said this, Stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and flesh, and he'll surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, but you can't kill him yet to spare his life. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Job took for himself a pot share to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Now, I don't know about you. I'd say he's in a pretty bad problem. Now, he done lost everything, <clears throat> lost all of his livelihood, lost his wife and children and everything, and now he's got balls from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. So what did he do? He went and got a piece of metal, and he started scraping the balls. Then look what his wife said. Then his wife said, Do you still hold to your integrity? Curse God and die. Now, how would you like to have a wife like that? When you get into problems, she wants to throw you to the dogs rather than stand with you. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speak. Shall we indeed accept good from God? Shall we not also accept adversary, adversity, I mean? In all this, now look here. In all this, Job did not sin with his mouth. The one key that Job knew to keep his mouth shut in good or bad, but just keep praising God. And we see here that Job... In all of this, the Bible says that he never cursed God. Now, two chapters over, Job's three friends come. Now, how'd you like to have friends like these? He's got three friends, and his friends come. I had a guy tell me the other day, and uh, I was with him. He said, Pastor, I, I, I've learned one thing from you, one thing I've really learned from you. Don't hang around with goofy people. Well, I was hoping, he'd been here about a year and a half, I was hoping he's learned a little more than that. But he did get that. Don't hang around with goofy people. Why? Because you'll be goofy. And goofy will rub off on you. Stupid will rub off on you. Any of this old stuff that, that, that's not uh, edifying God will rub off on you if you hang around with them. Who you want to hang around with? I want to hang around people that think like me. I want to hang around people that lift me up and build me up. I don't want to hang around people that, that all the time is just gloom and doom, despair and agony all over me. Wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. I want to hang around people that say, oh, you can make it. You having a problem? No, but we're going to make it. We might have a problem, but we're coming out of this thing, and we're going to come out better than we went in. That's the attitude that we need to have. And Job had that attitude. 
He had that attitude that he was going to win, bless God. Now, his three friends come, and he said, Now, all of them come and say, Look, you ain't ever going to make it. You're never going to make it. You're never going to amount to nothing. God, you've done something, and God has took back everything that he gave to you. You know what he said? He said, miserable friends you are. Basically, he probably said it like this. Miserable friends you are, get the hell out of here. <laughs> That's probably what he said. I don't need nobody that can't build me up and won't tear me down. Then all of this now, I'm on for the sake of time, I'm going to move on here. In Job the 19th chapter, turn over there real quickly, I want you to see this. In Job the 19th chapter, I want you to see what he said right here. After he had all of the problems, look what he said. Verse 25, For I know that my Redeemer liveth. And he shall stand at last on this earth. And after my sin is destroyed, this I know, that I'll see my God. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what I've been through, there's going to be a day that I'm going to see my God. May not have the greatest thing, you know, may not have the greatest of things on this earth, but I know that I have a relationship that I'm going to see my God. Through it all, it's like the old song, through it all. No matter what I go through, I'm going to see God. Now, Job, the 42nd chapter. Now, this will make a mummy shout. At the end of his life, I want you to see what Job got. Now, I told you to remember in the first chapter, right? Okay. Now, you remember I told you his miserable friends that he had. Also in that verse, we didn't have time to read it, but in that verse, Job also prayed for his friends. Even though they were stupid, he prayed for them. Now, look what he said. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Hard to pray for that goofy one you work with, isn't it? But see, that'll get you something from God. When you can pray for your enemies and your friends. Now, he said this. Now, indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then all of his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who is acquainted came before him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Well, where was it when, I asked this question, where was all of his family when he was going through the problems? I can tell you where they are. They left him. Nowhere in Job will you see that all of his brothers and sisters was comforting him. When he got problems, they left. Now when he gets back and got something, they want to come back. Go buy you a lottery ticket today and hit the lottery and see how many family friends you have. You'll have family friends you didn't even know you had. 
You'll have friends you didn't even know you had. When you got something, people want what you got. Each one of them gave him a piece of silver and a ring of gold. Well, my God, he don't need it now. Why didn't they give it to him when he was in trouble? Then here Job comes back and the Lord blesses him twice as much as he ever had before. He, he said he was the richest man in all the land of Uz. He became the twice richest man in all the land of Uz. Then his family comes and says, well, I can give you a little something now. Now look what he said. And the Lord blessed latter days of Job. He had 14,000 sheep. I think he had seven. 6,000 camels. He had 3,000. 1,000 yoke of ox. He doubled everything. God also gave him seven sons and three daughters. In all the land, none of the women was as beautiful as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them an inheritance among all of his brothers. Job lived 140 years. I had my son stop me out here. He was doing something yesterday. And he said, uh, uh, he was here last week. You know, when I took that heart monitor off, and I said, well, they're kind of checking my heart and see what it is, whatever, you know. So he uh, he, stopped, he was out here in the driveway doing something. So uh, he said, Daddy, let me, let me ask you a question. He said, I, I'm so upset. I said, well, what are you upset about? He said, Daddy, he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, uh, and he's crying and carrying on. I thought, what in the world is wrong with him? He said, Daddy, you can't die. He said, you're the rock. He said, ain't no way you, you're the rock. You can't die. And, and, and said, who's going to do all this? And said, we, we wouldn't have you. We wouldn't have nothing. It took him 50 years even to d- determine that. <laughs> After 50 years, I'm the rock. I want to know where the other 50 was. I never was a rock until they said, well, you've got to have a heart monitor on. And now all of a sudden, I'm the rock. I said, boy, I ain't dying. He said, Daddy, you said you're going to be a centurion. Do you really believe that? I said, at 100 years old, I'm going to be here. Now, I don't know how many of y'all are going to be around, but I confess I'm going to live 100 years old. I might have some ailments, might have a little pain here and there, but I'm confessing God I'm going to be 100 years old. And, uh, and uh, he said, well, he said, I've I just been kind of concerned. He said, I hadn't slept at night. I said, look, don't let that affect your sleep. You ain't got to, don't, don't be worrying about me. If you want to worry about something, worry about yourself. Now, Isaiah, let me see if I can find that. Isaiah, here's what God said, for those who were faithful like Job. For those who are faithful like Job, here's what Isaiah said. Isaiah 61, 7. Instead of your shame, you will have double honor. Instead of confusion, you will rejoice in your portion. Therefore, in your land, oh, I like this. Therefore, in your land, you shall possess 
double. Everlasting joy shall be yours. That's what God promised us. He said, I'm promising you, you're going to double up, buddy. Any of you guys ever had a double cola? It's a double cola. It was double the cola in it. Now, you get high on a double cola. You drink two double cola. You young people don't know what I'm talking about. They don't make them no more. You, you drink two double colas, buddy. You're walking on high cotton. And the thing about it is they were legal. That was what's so good about it. We're talking about getting out of our yesterday. In 1871, Horatio Spafford was a lawyer in Chicago. He had a lot of real estate, had a lot of holdings. It came the Great Chicago Fire. That year of the Great Chicago Chicago Fire, Horatio Spafford, 10-year-old son, died uh, um, uh, of a disease. He had four daughters and a wife left. He lost everything that he had. He put his wife and four daughters on a ship to London, England, and there was an evangelist doing a revival over there called D.L. Moody. And he put his wife and four girls on that boat to get away from America, to chill out, and he's going to join them later. They go on the boat, and they're going across the Atlantic Ocean. And another ship hits their ship, and their ship sinks. A few weeks later, Horatio Spatford got a, got a wire from London, England. And all it said was, saved one. That was his wife. Saved one. She lived through it, and the four daughters died in the ocean with the ship. Horatio Spatford got on a ship to go to London, England, to control his wife. I mean, console his wife. Going across the Atlantic Ocean, the captain of the ship came to Horatio and said, we're coming up on the area that that ship went down in. Your daughter's is at the bottom of this ocean. As they came upon that spot where that ship had went down, Horatio Spafford went to the bow of the ship, and he penned one of the greatest gospel songs ever written in 1873. And he penned this song, It is well with my soul. Wonderful song. You have not ever heard it. Through all of his troubles and through all of his yesterday, he had a relationship with God that he could stand on a bow of that ship over his four daughters and pen those words, It is well 
with my soul. I was on the internet yesterday looking, and I found this song, and I never had heard it. It's a black gospel song. It's a wonderful song. It's called Yesterday, Yesterday. And these two um, black girls were singing this song, and this is just a a few of the words. It says this, Through all of my headache and through all of my heartache, there's no problem too hard for my God. Any problem that I have, He's greater than them all. So I decided that I cried my last tears yesterday. See, we have to make a decision to move on with life and let yesterday go on because you can't change yesterday. There's nothing you can do. Through all of your problems and all of your trials and tribulations or whatever, yesterday's gone. You can dwell on them or give them over to God. Through all of my problems and all of my tears, I've cried my last tear yesterday. Let's stand. Just do majesty for me again. That's fine. Be fine. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let me ask you in this church here today. And I believe you're here because I believe the Lord gave me this message. Some of you are dwelling on your yesterday. There's nothing you can do about your yesterday. There's people that have hurt you. There's people that have abused you. There's people that's done all kind of things. And as long as you dwell on it, you'll never get out of that situation. But today could be a day that you say, look, through it all, I'm going to worship my God. No matter what my problems I've gone through, I'm going to turn it over to my God. And I've cried my last tear yesterday if that's you I want you to raise your hand right where you're at God bless you sir God bless you ma'am God bless you God bless you God wants to do something for you this morning just a simple little message in a little country church setting up on a hill in Portland but God wants you to walk out of your yesterday and start looking at your tomorrow. Some of you sitting right here today, I don't know. I'm just by by the Spirit of God. Believe is that you've been abused and accused and and all kinds of things. It's your choice if you let the devil beat you up and carry you down that road of unforgiveness. I'm gonna pray for you this morning. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to come up here, and I'm going to pray and lay hands on you, and I'm going to believe 
that God is going to supernaturally, through the power of the Holy Spirit, wipe out that yesterday.